0: Before we get started today, I wanted to direct your attention to d2cplus.co, where we have $1 trials for our private membership community, where you're going to get access to all of our amazing workshops and challenges like the Influencer Flywheel Challenge, the Automation Challenge, and the Standout with Snapchat, our Snapchat uh, challenge that we just finished recording. you get a full course library. You'll get access to our private group. You'll get access to these podcasts uh, when they are recorded, where you can ask questions live. Uh, you're going to want to join d 2 and you can do it right now for a dollar. So you should go there right now. d 2 join for one dollar only and get all of that awesome D2C goodness. There's never been a better time to be a direct to consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. I am Eric Dick along with co-host Kyle Guilfoyle and today we are really lucky to have Demetrius Charlemagne, the co-founder of Avec Drinks, which is a D2C beverage company uh, based in New York with the mission of helping people never compromise their spirit. They provide high flavor, low sugar mixers uh, and, uh, Denetrius is specifically focused or D as I think we'll, we will be calling you uh, with the rest of the podcast, uh, is focused on the marketing side of growing avec drinks. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing D
1: I'm doing great. Uh, very excited to be here and to chat all things, six month old D to C brand.
0: Very cool. So why don't you give us the story of your D 2 C brand sort of give us the hero's journey of, of how avec drinks came to be and talk about your role in its growth.
1: Yeah, so I met my co-founder, Alex, at business school on the very first day of business school. Um, He is British, Uh, came over with the idea after seeing, you know, the rise of the likes of, you know, tonic water in the UK and just the drinking culture abroad and, you know, the sort of global flavor and different understanding of beverage um, that exists in the rest of the world. But also as, you know, we both sort of looked at food and beverage, just seeing all the changes, you know, so, you know, people moving from dairy to oat milk or, you know, sweet green instead of like nasty deli salads or like just the explosion of, you know, better for you choices across basically every category. Um, He noticed that one thing was left behind and that was the mixer category, right? So the same things that your dad was probably mixing with his spirits, you're mixing with your spirits today. Um, And there were sort of three trends um, at play. One was that help trend like I talked about. So, you know, people going to the bar, including myself, being like, can I have a tequila soda with a splash of something to like make it kind of taste good to like hack their way to this like healthy drink at the bar. Um, then you had, you know, premium spirits back with nightclubs, if everyone can remember those times. Uh, you know, you would be buying this beautiful expensive bottle of spirits and then pairing it with like orange juice, cranberry juice, Red Bull if you were super premium and soda water. And then thirdly was this world of, you know, low ABV, no ABV, and sort of the tension that was happening between like people who drink or people who don't drink and sort of like the judgment that was happening there.
0: Those are non-alcoholic beverages, you mean? And
1: really just believing in a world yeah, yeah, non-alcoholic or low alcohol beverages, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there being some move towards that, but also some judgment around people who still enjoyed their spirits, like- Why isn't there a world where, you know, we all can sort of drink together? And so Alex and I really believed in this mission of drink better, which is, you know, the world is better when we sort of like locally connect, you know, people drink together, whether that's with spirits or without, have conversations, experience new things. And so um, we started building the brand from there. I love it. I'm really curious.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm really curious um, because I imagine part of the discipline in uh, coming up with the concept is, uh, you know, really specifying that it's something to be mixed with, as opposed to like, like, like I don't know how to say it, like, La Croix. La Croix, which is, which is, which is like just a, you know, a flavored soda. You can, you know, it's kind of yeah. for, for everyone and um, it's an, an insanely popular product. Um Why, why not do something similar where it's, um, you know, it is, it's a flavored soda. You, like, you really um, seem to go out of your way to specify that it's a mixer, which I think is, is interesting. And I'd love to hear a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so we were not interested in the seltzer water category. There are plenty of players in that space. We particularly saw a need, you know, behind the bar at the home bar cart and in that occasion. Um, And really, you know, like lacrosse, Spindrift, great brands, you know, things that we love, but still a way that you're sort of hacking to a good drink if you're pairing it with vodka or tequila or whatever. It doesn't, it's not made to be mixed. You don't want to be drinking the same thing that you're drinking at lunch with that sort of special occasion drink. And also... You know, the formula is different. So another thing to mention is when we started, this was before, you know, White Claw and Truly and all these big seltzer brands, whatever you guys have in Canada, um, you know, appeared and people, bartenders, especially in industry, people were like, you know, people don't think about health when they drink. Um, It's not important to them. You guys are crazy. A, you're not going to be able to get a formula like this and B, no one's going to care because, you know, drinking is a vice and people don't care about health when they're having this vice. And then White Claw happened and that sort of changed that conversation. Um, entirely. And so, you know, that sort of took it off the table. And then, you know, really, Alex coming together, you know, making at home recipes, you know, we did that for six months before we went to a formulator to try and get, you know, how can we make this with real juice, natural ingredients, no nasties, no natural flavor, you know, which LaCroix has. Um, and make it pair with spirits. And so there were some compromises, right? We're not like zero sugar across the board. Like we added agave to certain, you know, to our ginger and jalapeno product because, you know it tastes better when you mix that with a tequila or with a whiskey. Um, And so we're really made to be mixed with spirits um, or drunk. You know, some people, including myself who's a lover of spirits, but I'll have an evac on its own. And that feels like I'm having a drink and it's sort of a special occasion. So that was sort of how we thought about our positioning and then each of our flavors goes after like an existing mixer. So the way we thought about product development was, you know, instead of like a ginger beer, which is like one of the best selling things, you know, for mixers, our ginger product has like 90% less sugar but competes on taste there instead of, you know, cranberry juice, which I, you know, as a woman on the podcast can say reminds me of UTIs and things like that. You know, our hibiscus pomegranate has interesting flavors, real juice, and sort of like mimics a little bit of that, that, um, know cranberry feel, but is totally different in terms of like the kind of flavor it's adding um, and r- drastically again cuts down that sugar and calorie um, count
0: it's, this is a, a part of the market I've just followed really closely like it, it, there there's there's so many good reasons why this like low sugar. Um, you know, thing thing is good. I keep thinking my my wife buys a lot of apple cider, and she switched to apple cider seltzers. And I think what a coup this is for apple cider makers that they can just inject water or fizz, and they have to actually produce half the product they might normally have to put out there. Uh, you know, and the rest of it's just aired. I'm like, that's what a great thing. I, I think back to the shampoo companies that just added the word like wash, rinse, repeat. They added yeah. repeat, and they like you know what thirty percent of their sales or whatever. So yeah, is that something that 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 goes like I guess you you're obviously. Dealing with some premium ingredients i would imagine though so you probably don't save a lot on that
1: yeah we're not saving on ingredients we could have made a lot of cheap choices right so um we chose to be in cans instead of bottles which would have been cheaper for a small production line we could have not used real juice which would have been way cheaper in terms of you know the storage and transport and all of that kind of stuff and we really have an ambition you know sweet green is you know one of our brand spirit animals but an ambition to work with, you know, as closely with our supply chain as possible. So we know, for example, where our yuzus are coming from or our lemons are coming from at certain points of the year. So um, yeah, we're not we're not skipping on ingredients for sure. Um, They're definitely cheaper ways to do it. I wish we could just add water, but it's funny you say apples, cause you know, an apple farmer was one of, you know, an apple farmer in New York approached us and was like, you know, we have apple juice, you have this great idea and let's do something together. And so we're even thinking about partnerships there with new flavors as we grow.
2: Awesome. And, um, so could you just, could you, uh, take us along your, your growth journey? Like you mentioned, it's, it's a fairly young company. You, you guys started up about six months ago. So, um, I'd love to hear about, you know, just, just how, you know, how long it took you to, to, to get it going and, and what, what the growth path has been looked like or has looked like since.
1: Yeah. So we, uh, launched in June this year and I would say we probably, you know, had the concept, Alex came up with the concept way before, Uh, we met in January 2019. We really started working on it, um, I guess, two summers ago now, thinking about, you know, getting that home recipe down, figuring out the formula, figuring out the branding, the naming, how are we going to go to market, et cetera. Um, All that, you know, planning was great, but uh, it was in March when we needed to sign like, hey, we're producing. And it was also in March when COVID happened. Uh, So a lot of that thinking, you know, had to be rethought. But um, a lot of our, you know, thinking at the time of, you know, whether we should still do this. And a lot of people were saying like, you know, this is not the time to launch a brand, but we saw at home drinking, you know, on the rise, we saw a need for like sort of this mission of drink better. You know, people still want to connect, still want to have experiences, um, still want quality products. They're just doing it in a different way. And so um, we still thought it appropriate to go to market. So yeah, we launched in June. Um, A lot of our growth, you know, we didn't do sort of like a big VC raise or anything like that. Um, and really thought at the start that our growth was still going to come from, you know, being in spaces where people were convening. So bars, restaurants, etc. cetera. Uh, a lot of that thinking, you know, moved to online. If you go to our website, you can sort of see that you're in a different experience, a different world. But we were thinking about going to market, you know, the way a Red Bull would, you know, like being at certain parties, being in certain spaces, combining sort of different communities that didn't really feel like they belonged together. But when you put them together, magic happens. Um, and so we just tried to translate that to online as quickly as possible, just to make sure people knew that we were sort of like this different, standout brand. Um, and a lot of our work has been, you know, through par- a lot of our growth has been through, you know, partnerships, organic word of mouth, and things like that. We haven't really tried to like do the big thing yet, where we put a bunch of paid dollars behind and grow that way. It's really been more of an experiment. And now that we have sort of a bit of traction, you know, figuring out that th- where we want to put our dollars and spend time um, growing.
0: I'm, I'm really interested just because when you, when you mentioned, um, you know, you, you, these the fancy bottle service. Like, I, I haven't done a lot of bottle service, but it's I've been to I've been to Vegas a few times, and there's been <laughs> a few bottle services, and it's a re- it is a really interesting experience. You're like, oh, I'll have cranberry because it's healthy, helps with my UTI or whatever. But <laughs> but at the same time, if I was at a club and they rolled out this cool section, you know, selection of these you know interesting high flavor beverages, like it, 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 like I can just see that marketing play being really valuable and and being able to go into clubs and have those types of relationships. So what I'm interested in, you know, what I'm hearing that. You're, you're just sort of getting into that mass, you know, into that ability to maybe to spend more heavily into the D 2 C side. What did that hybrid path look like? Like how were, how were you sort of like hacking that bar experience um, in order to you know, tell people, you know, to accomplish your goals really?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, VEX stands out in the category just in our brand tone and the way we're thinking about storytelling and going to market and the way we feel even uh, stands out. And so it's something, you know, Yes, you know, if you were in the in the club and you saw this beautiful cart come out, you'd be interested, but also the way we've packaged our things, you know, you're at home and you're interested in exploring and discovering things. And so there's sort of a joy in, you know, having, you know, five SKUs to start out with because you're also playing and discovering the way you would if you were out and having a bit more of an interaction Um, So we thought about that as we like looked at just pure product selection, just making sure there was not like we weren't going after one flavor and being so functional, but making sure there was joy to that exploration. And then two, like I said, with partnerships, like we are a mixer brand, right? So inherently spirits and, you know, mocktails and other ingredients are important to us and we can play a different role. And so I think, you know, we've seen a lot of success, you know, we've done a cocktail with house. We've done a cocktail with like blank vodka, which is a new, Brand out of New York. We have done some cocktails with Uncle Nearest with this whiskey brand. You know, so there's just different worlds that we can play in to bring people together in a way. Um, that's different than being in a nightclub. But, you know, if you have a favorite spirit, we can partner with that. Or if you're in this health band, we can partner with that. Or if you're this host, we're sort of this like trick that you can have at home, even if it's a small dinner party. Um, so we've thought about our audience pretty much in those three ways like, you know, the spirit lover the person who loves hosting parties, social savant as we call them, loves food and drink hosting parties, like the flavors get them excited, et cetera. And then, um, you know, this health focused person who's like going to the bar and trying to find the healthiest thing that they could mix with or drink with.
2: Very interesting. Before before you guys, um, so it, it's only been six months. I'm, I'm curious, um, th- that's like a ton of, you know, a, a ton of growth in, in in a short time. What's what's one thing you, you wish you had, you had known before getting started? Um, that you know now.
1: What's one thing I wish I would have known just to have faith in organic. I think you guys do a great job of like all these hacks and growth. And, you know, I think the world has just moved, you know, to the internet in a way where metrics become everything. But I think it's been refreshing just to like, you know, my background's more in traditional advertising. And I used to work for Vice on the publishing side, but just like, you know, traditional print magazines and all that, like, that's what sort of gives me joy. And so, Um, I think I would have just loved to know like some comfort in like not everything has to be measured and there is some organic way of growing and then you can sort of add on this thing but I think it's easy to get caught up in the numbers as soon as you start of like you know why don't we have 40,000 Instagram followers on day one like does that mean we're successful but if you're having real conversations and like getting real you know media pickup like what's the balance there so thinking about um, I think our brand is one of a lot of contrasts. Like we love numbers, but like we also love this organic thing. We love drinking, but we also want to do it healthily. So I just think, just thinking about that on the marketing side would have been more comforting, I guess.
0: I'm curious to know, you said you've, you've dabbled, you have dabbled in ads, right? Like you've, you've done yeah. some some ads. Can you talk a little bit about what your ad strategy has been on the digital side?
1: Yeah, on the digital side, I think it's really about, again, getting people to experience the product. Um, we are in some ways building a category that is like a bit sleepy or like seen as unsexy, um, especially in the States, but we think it's incredibly sexy. So garnering interest in the category as a whole um, has been, you know, how do you mix with different things? How do you think about a drink? That's not like this complex cocktail, but is something super easy to make and has health propositions. So really thinking about um, just doing more how to's and then, you know, with all of our press and PR really thinking about Um, you know, social proof, like drinking more than anything. Like you said, if you go to a bar or club, like it's more, you see someone else have that drink. Um, So thinking about that. And then three, I would think, you know, just like weird experiences, like it's not to say we've done everything online too. Like we've done some activations at um, bars and restaurants in New York. For example, we did like a six feet apart bar, you know, right at the start of the pandemic when we were still sort of allowed to go outside. And that was a fun activation that got people talking. Um, We've done like a tarot Tuesday, which is like come down and get you know your tarot read. In addition to having this, changing what you mix with your spirit, like in a punny way. Um, So just thinking about you know weird ways to activate and getting people to experience it, rather than always just being like this very functional uh, message at all times.
0: I love it. And that's built the momentum like that's built on that base of organic that you're saying you're just sort of continually putting out making good connections, bringing good people in, and then people are coming back again and again I noticed there's no subscribe and save on the option is that something that you're considering.
1: Uh, we there? did Add a subscribe and save currently we're back ordered so thanks on pre order so we don't want to add more subscribers in that time. Uh, but yeah we had an amazing. Um, December and January. So our forecast is a bit ahead. But yeah, we we will start rolling out subscription. And that's something um, that people have said they want, you know, we see primarily people coming in and buying our sampler box and like again having that discovery process. And then depending on what you drink or, you know, what you use it for, you probably will pick two or three flavors that you really love and subscribe to those.
2: Uh, one thing, one thing I was really taken aback by, uh, with, with your brand and your, your website is, uh, it's very inspired and it's very, it's like, it's probably one of the most beautiful sites I've ever seen. Um, nice. and, um, I'd, I'd love to hear a bit about the, the creative process that you guys went through from the idea the concept through to, you know, um, bringing it to, uh, to, to life in this way. Um, yeah. Would you be able to go into that a bit for
1: us? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the name of ACK obviously means with in French. Uh, as you guys would know, but we wanted a name that was simple that stood out at the bar. So the whole idea is, you know, you would go to the bar and say, "Can I have a vodka avec ginger or a vodka avec yuzu lime, insert whatever flavor." Um, so really started with a simple name, um, and our we haven't hired an agency this whole time. So wow, uh, because of you know a network of freelancers, we've had um, we really believe in like the creative community and again letting them flex their muscles. So a lot of it is just trusting, finding really smart people to work on creative challenges with you. And I think the brief for the website was,
2: okay, we were a
1: brand that was supposed to go to market, you know, with parties, with experiences, with et cetera. How do you make a site that gets across, you know, the functional benefits of the product of health and ease and, you know, delicious, tasty style. ingredients yeah. and style, but make it feel different and updated. And I think we've always, even before, you know, COVID, sort of took inspiration from like the 1920s so like that decadence and revelry and joy but like how do we mix that with the like the progressiveness the grit um sort of like the diversity of today and so i think thinking about those two worlds is what sort of brought us to our site right you can kind of see like the scenes are like a 1920 scene like with that opulence but it's updated it feels modern um and so i think it's been a lot of you know collaboration with creative and not being too too rigid. in like, again, these messages, because, you know, we need to convert everything, but how do we create an experience that people, you know, like you said, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, you want to be a part of um Was the main headline brief.
0: How many iterations did it take you to get it to this stage? Like, was this sort of done in one shot or was <laughs> how, how many major iterations?
1: How many major iterations? I would say we probably had like five major iterations, but it took about you know, people can spend years on a website mm-hmm. and we believe in like just constraining it. It doesn't mean more time doesn't mean you'll get better products. So we probably developed it in like two months with our um, team. And
0: I love it. I know I know when you're dealing, you know, with, with projects that could be sprawling or, you know, it's easy to think, okay, let's go to a design agency that's going to be this one-stop shop. It's interesting that you instead put it together with your centralized vision and, and contractors that you sort of let run wild a little bit or let, yeah. really let flex their creativity.
1: Yeah. And I think just like diversity of thought, right? Um, Alex is a British guy. I'm an American girl. Um, Our creatives are in Brooklyn, come from different backgrounds. And it's like just making sure that diversity of thought is reflected. You kind of get to more fun places. Like one of our core things has been like diversity leads to better results, you know, saving fun, like all the sort of joy that comes with mixing literally. Um, And so I think that's always been our MO, not to just necessarily go with the grain and like, okay, this is the hotshot design agency. Sometimes you don't, you, know, you get the same sort of work. you can I can kind of point at different agencies work. I'm like, oh, that came from this agency that came from this pretty quickly. And so if you want something fresh you kind of have to try fresh inputs and fresh thinking.
2: Good advice. Um, you, yeah, you you have a couple of experiences that, uh, that I, I find really interesting. Um, as as someone who uh who grew up you know watching Mad Men, I I became quite taken with uh you know David Ogilvy and stuff. And and you actually worked at um Ogilvy. So A I'm curious about that. I also had these um these you know delusions of grandeur. Um, you know, I thought I'd do an MBA, maybe I'd go to Harvard or something like that. And you you, you did your MBA at Columbia. Um and so I'm <laughs> I'm really curious about what um practical applications you Took away from each one of those experiences that uh, that that really have have stood the test of time and have had 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 an impact.
1: Yeah, I used to say this in investor meetings, but I don't think it flew well. But uh, when Alex came with the idea, I was like, "That idea is so stimp- stupidly simple. It's perfect." And I think that's one of David Ogilvy's. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, "If an idea is really simple, it's actually a great idea." Like not adding all the bells and whistles to things doesn't make it a better idea. And so I think that's like the first premise, you know, Ogilvy was my first job and we kind of call it like the training hospital for advertising. Um, And like, that's what they jump through your head. You know, if it's, if it takes more than 10 seconds to explain, it's not a good idea, right? So I think that's sort of been the the thing that has kept us going and like the thing that inspired me to join Alex on this journey. When it comes to MBA, I would say, you know, it's a very expensive confidence boost is how I (laughs) phrase it up. But having spent 10 years in advertising, I think it's important to know the sides of business you don't know uh, and at least know the right questions to ask by no way am I like a financial modeling expert or financial expert, but at least taking those courses, let me know what I don't know. You can read a
0: balance sheet, I bet, which is something, you know, I come from this world of, of like upstart, you know, originally, you know, affiliates and drop shippers and people just sort of like figuring out how to make money online. And a lot of the ways, the structured ways of thinking about building businesses. And I can even just hear the way you talk about your business a little bit, that you have some of the scaffolding that these people who start businesses, you know, right away, these low barriers to entry may not have, and they have to kind of learn on the fly. So I imagine that would be one of the benefits.
1: Yeah. Expensive, but... Yeah. It's an expensive scaffold for sure. But I think it, it does give you the structure and it does give you the inputs. And I think you just have to, I think the thing that advertising gives you in contrast is like, how do you stay creative even if you have the structure, right? Like you don't want to become, uh, you know, nothing wrong with consulting, but you don't want to be in this like consulting framework uh, constantly or like this, you know, accounting framework constantly. It's like, how do you take the frameworks and then adapt it to like what's happening today? Cause every situation is going to be different. And I think like just looking at, I mean, why you guys are so great, right? It's a bunch of case studies, just looking at what other people do and having you know, intellectual banter with people in a room about whether that was a good idea or a bad idea. And you sort of realize there's never really a perfect answer. Like even in the Mad Men world, like, oh, this is your creative solution. And like, there's probably five other agencies pitching that they don't show crying about the perfect creative solution that would have worked too. Uh, so just trying to see different angles at all times. And the
0: multiplicity of voices as you say which i think is a really interesting point as well like it's such a diverse you know it's such a diverse global audience at this point for for so many things um that making sure that th- those inputs are reflected on your team and 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 how you do things uh is yeah really, making really cool. i mean those
1: conversations are not easy right like that's yeah. why people avoid them um because they don't want to have them they're awkward whatever and i think just like forcing the conversation gets you to a better place like why don't you like this work, you know, it comes down to sometimes just like word choices, like why, why does this word mean something different to you? Yeah, and like, let's get into it. And like, it seems like a waste of time at the time. But I think advertising also gives you the discipline to like, put up with those conversations, not put up, but like, you know, spend time, work through them, a conversation, yeah. work through them uh, to get to like a better place, even if it fails at the end, you get to the same place
0: what are your goals for 2021? So I know you're, you're, back, it sounds like you're back ordered right now using the pre-order strategy, which is something we always talk about with all of our, our advertisers, which is sweet to see, but what, what are your goals with EVEC drinks in, uh, in 2021?
1: Yeah, our goal, you know, is really to take, um, the learning, you know, the experimentation we had and grow that. So, you know, we anticipate that, you know, two thirds of our business will be online, but we are growing in specialty grocers and, um sort of smaller discovery stores but i think the biggest goal for us is really like building that community around the brand and knowing what people want right so you know from the consumer side you know a lot of a lot of bar brands or like spirit brands and mixer brands will start with the bartender right and start with like influencing that community uh so we think it's important to like really start with like you know the at-home bartender or you know people just drinking together and getting ideas from them so really building out um, our audience in more ways, like obviously purchase and revenue and all of that. But to us, it's, you know, how do we grow like a community around a VEC? And for some people we don't make sense and we're totally fine with that. Like some people want sugary cocktails and we're cool with that too. So just like finding better ways of messaging, getting our messaging across. Cause as you guys can probably tell, it's very, you know there's so many angles to come into a VEC. Uh, so tightening that, you know, getting a tighter audience um, and really growing from there
2: um before we I have, a, I have a super how's your um how, how's your cock, your cocktail and spirit knowledge
1: uh probably less than alex so i w- don't test me <laughs>
2: okay. sort of, what, what's your what's what's your favorite cocktail what's your favorite classic cocktail
1: uh probably a French 75 or a negroni it depends on the mood yes. Yes. negroni is my negroni is my desert island drink as well really yeah it, it oh, yeah. gives you bad hangovers when you're old but it is.
2: A lot of, lot of sugar.
1: Yeah.
0: What about your drinks? Well, like I, 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 I assume with drinks, we're stuck in Canada here. We can't get these, these beverages across the border. Uh, you know, we're finding that with a few of our, our different people that we have on, but what would, what would you recommend that would be like the go-to drink on a, on a tough day uh, that, that you reach for? I guess you, yeah, variety is the spice of life, but what's the first one you reach for?
1: Um, I would say there are two probably um, our jalapeno blood orange with a mezcal. Uh, Cause I'm so just getting good. into mezcals and, all the range there. And then I would say our ginger just reminds me of, you know, a fresh ginger beer, ginger beer, but it has this like pineapple twist to it. That makes it feel like you're maybe having a rum punch or a more interesting Moscow Mule or a more interesting whiskey. I just love our ginger with lots of different things. Um, And then Yuzu lime when I'm really trying to be skinny. That's like my go-to, like that's been my January. Like, okay, I have to work out and drink.
0: gut check time. (laughs) Yeah, on (laughs) quarantine, I know the feeling well. Uh, I wanted just to get a little more on the ad side. So you, I, I love this, you know, we're, we're, we always advocate, you know, the organic, um, you know, channels in your business have to be there in order to feed paid and, and you know, and things like that. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's, it's honestly the smartest way to, to build a business, a stable business that isn't as reliant on algorithms and iOS 14 updates and all these things. <laughs> but I'm curious about your actual ad strat, your ad plans in, in 2021, are you going to, are you going to double down? Are you going to invest more in, in Facebook ads or Google ads?
1: Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to invest more. I think search is an interesting opportunity for us because there's just a lot of intentional search around cocktails, making things at home, hosting that sort of lifestyle. Um, and I think opening up the scope of our um, strategy to more of this like, you know, social savant lifestyle. So we know that people who love food and food and drink um, sort of, you know, we were in food and wine this month, but like that sort of lifestyle, that kind of reader, how do we target them, you know, across the internet, not just necessarily Facebook and Instagram, but where they're getting recipes, right? So we're looking at interesting things like maybe on Pinterest or where they're getting tutorials, like even, you know, the small sort of 30-second TikTok tutorials, whether or not we launch a TikTok or take that format and think about how we do these quick teachable things. But I think making ads useful, right? And not just like <laughs> this functional, you know, this like, okay, splash, it pops up on your Facebook and disappears. But like I think just thinking about how do we make our ads more useful. And like entertaining. (laughs) KG can Um, speak
0: to that. I've seen his ads. He's created ads in this vein specifically that are like highly educational cocktail ads for his cocktail training business. Uh,
2: yes, that's, that's, uh, that's true. It's very, um, challenging because we have a, we have a bartending school. That's, that's local. So, um, you know, um, I checked one of our ads a couple months ago and, uh, our frequency was like 19 is really bad, but, um, yeah, we, uh, What's, what's that? They're all me. I see it every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I could, I feel like it's a bit of a separate conversation, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think there is a lot of, a lot of low hanging fruit and just uh, telling people about, you know, about the ingredients that go into cocktails and, 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 and how much rich history there is in, in, you know, in gin, in Mezcal. And like, it's just, once you dive into the regionality of these spirits, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, You know like if you if you if you go to Oaxaca where mezcal is made you know there are still um you you know men uh taking donkeys around to crush the uh the piñas of the agave you know it's 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 crazy um and um and a lot of it hasn't in many parts of the world it hasn't changed it hasn't you know it's it's just there's something timeless about it and beautiful so um yeah anyways that was a bit of a digression but
1: Um, we do have, we have so many cool people. I mean, you said cocktail history and I was like, maybe I don't know, but maybe I do know enough. Uh, but just like, there's just so many cool people behind, you know, the old school sort of like cocktail Mm -hmm. books, right? Like, you know, we were even doing research for black history month and looking up the ideal bartender and like, you know, the, the sort of book from back in the day and people that are not recognized necessarily. Like a lot of people don't know that book. Like they should know that book. It's an interesting story. So, there's so many stories around drinking and like, that's sort of why we started the business is to create more of those stories in the future. So, um, if you can tell the past ones, the future ones, like just that, that dance.
2: Yeah. I have a a partner who says to, to know the history of alcohol is to know the history of, uh, of, of people. Um, and, um, and yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many like, like Jerry Thomas, who's, you know, Jerry Thomas, the first, the first ever, like highly celebrated bartender. When he was around, he, he made as much, uh, as much money as the uh, the Vice President of the United States, you know, that's that sort of thing. Super cool. Um, but we do we do have a we have a question for, from from uh, Robin here in, in terms, you know, we have talked a little bit about activation, but I'd also be curious um, about uh, And w- I want to be conscious of time here about how you launch products um, and you know when you do go to launch your products, is it a single product? Have you, I know you probably haven't had many launches, but is it all products at once? Do you, do you leverage a community? Um, yeah. Could you just tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. I think that's something we're thinking about. We haven't launched a new product, uh, yet we sort of launched our, our like I said, that range of five, and that was really going after sort of existing cocktails, but we have desires to make plenty more. Um, and we're also thinking about, you know, additional functional things caffeine etc um that people want when they're drinking so i think we're thinking about um two things one is you know replacing or being an update to the things that people want so like do you go after that ginger beer consumer with more ginger variety um or you know also looking at spirit lovers like this pairs perfectly with that mezcal explorer right like here's a mezcal bundle so thinking about the way people drink, I think is how we're thinking about, you know, product strategy, just like where people would pair it with. Um, and then also thinking about format and innovation and format. So the bar might need a different format than an eight ounce can probably because they're doing more serves. And so we're thinking about, you know, as the world opens up, what does a VEC look like? Like what shape and packaging does that look like?
2: Cool.
0: Awesome. Uh, and we have one form pro forma question that we love to ask uh, mm-hmm. as appropriate. It is, if we, if we, if the Canadian government uh, decides to, you know, we we need to we need to start sponsoring uh, American drinks with French names. Uh, so, we, you know, the Canadian government's going to give you fifty k USD just uh, strings free. Uh, what aspect of your business do you put it in uh, over the next six months? To or over the next month?
1: Um, in the next month, we'd probably definitely put it into audience, just audience development, community development, and growth. So, really looking at. We're really working on our content right now and making sure that's, you know, best in class um, and delivering on what people want. And then again, that product development uh, as a new brand, you're always sort of thinking about how you can improve product and change format and all of that. So we're investing some some money in that right now. But if we I could d- it. sort of, you know, five times that money, that would be ideal. So tell the Canadian government to hit us up.
0: Okay, well, and what's the hot new flavor? Like, what's the new like Uzu? Like, as soon as you said Uzu lemon, I'm like, ooh, that I could see that on the streets. You know, people are, are gonna love that in New York. Yeah. Like, what what what's the hot new? What are some of the hot new flavor profiles
1: emerging? Uh, we can't say because oh. we're trade secrets, proprietary, uh, <laughs> they're proprietary secrets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it really depends on seasonality. Like, I think mm. people's palate change based on season. For some reason, the jalapeno blood orange, I feel like people just love for like the challenge of like, can I handle the spice? Mm. Um, But we really thought about the ingredients as like a pair. So it's something that you know, it's something you don't know that well, right? So like a yuzu, you don't know that well, but you know a lime, uh, a grapefruit, you know well, but you probably don't know about the pomelo, which is basically a bigger grapefruit.
2: Uh, So like trying
1: to have some of that uh, combination is what we always think about. Something you know and something you don't.
2: Awesome. Great final insight there. Any, Any final words, KG? No, I, I just, I just think it's, it's an awesome product. Um, you know, based on, I haven't tasted it, but I, I, I can't wait to see what you guys do. I can tell, you know, a lot of creativity, a lot of inspiration and uh, yeah, no, I'm stoked. It's, it's fun, fun stuff. Awesome. I want to
0: thank you, Dee, for coming on the D2C podcast. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with D, find her at Avec drinks, uh, Any, anything, else, yeah, whatever you're comfortable with there. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, to follow your growth as well.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Follow us at Abec Drinks. It goes to Alex or I. There's only two of us at the moment. So okay. uh appreciate the feedback and the time. Thanks, awesome. guys. Awesome.
0: Okay. Thanks, Dee. Thanks,
2: Dee.